Welcome to Coach Chefs, the podcast for hungry web developers. I'm your host today, Vincent, and with me is... Herman Gamboa. Hey, guys. So for today's topic, we're going to be talking about coding boot camps. Are they worth it? We're going to be going, what are coding boot camps? We should know about it. Different types of boot camps that are out there, kind of the curriculum and what you expect, as well as like part-time versus full-time and the complete alternative as well, which is going through a self-learning path instead. So, German, what is a coding boot camp for someone that's like new to development and they're trying to learn more about uh, what it's like to become a programmer? Oh, cool. So I'm pretty sure as the first thing when you learn how to learn how to, how to learn how to code, you'll probably see coding bootcamp as one of the first things that comes up or one of the things that gets mentioned around. So what it is at the end of the day is basically a course. It usually is either full time or part time. Usually the time frames tend to be between six. Uh, sorry, not six weeks. I'll be too fast. Twelve to six months, depending on if you choose the full time one or the part time one. And it's basically like very guided learning that's going to like teach you like a certain set of things. So the thing about bootcamp is it, it's uh, bootcamp says they get tailored to each like to each specific like uh, stack. You'll have some bootcamps that are more geared towards like mobile development. You'll have some that are more, well, most of them are geared to web development. So you have to kind of research that, but it's basically guided learning for whatever specific set of technologies you want to learn. And usually at the end of that, it comes with a certification and you also get to do like a final capstone project, which is what you'll go ahead and mostly try to like present to other, to employers to showcase what you're able to do. I actually did a bootcamp myself back in 2018, and that's why we we can kind of talk about it. And I also know Vincent did some, uh, you did some some actually tutoring for bootcamp, right? Yeah, I did some tutoring inside for one of the coding bootcamps for for the collegiate level. But yeah, that makes sense. So like as you're saying earlier, coding bootcamps, there's actually many different types of coding bootcamps. There are some that focus on different tech stacks. So you might have one that predominantly focuses on backend languages. If you want to become a backend developer, one that focuses mostly on front end developments and, and still some backend development, so you get like a perspective on what it's like to become a front end engineer. There's even designer boot camps as well. If you want to become like a UX designer, you have to work with Figma or Sketch and like how the collaboration process works, color theory, and all this other stuff. And there's even stuff for web security. There's stuff for just about anything else you can think of, even DevOps. But the per- Predominant focus of this coding bootcamp talk, we're talking mostly from our experiences in terms of like what we're most familiar with. So we're going to be talking mostly on like the JavaScript side, right? Like Node.js, React. Yeah. It's, it's just a very Mern stack. It's just yeah. a very, very common stack that companies like employing for. And as you were saying earlier, like there's that whole curriculum process. It's like three to six month program, depending if you're doing part time or full time. There's like a structured curriculum guide for different lessons they take throughout the day. Then there's like a demo day where you present your capstone project or thing that you want to showcase to the employers, like, here's what I built and here's why you should hire me. All right. So German, do you want to go over kind of like what the course curriculum structure is like at a coding bootcamp? Like what do you do day to day or what do you do week to week? Uh, just go over a little bit of that from your own perspective. Yeah. So the one I did was the UCF coding bootcamp, which falls into the collegiate section of bootcamp. So there's a couple of different like, like types of bootcamps you can, like you'll find, right? There's the collegiate ones, which is basically there's this company that will go ahead and kind of like set them up and they will partner up with different universities or colleges to like actually run the program as the college. But the one that actually has to actually manage the program is the company itself. That way they can have like a standard curriculum across basically the whole country. Those are those are what we refer to collegiate bootcamps. We have the other popular ones, which will be like 
Lambda school. Uh, there used to be Iron Guard, which I wanted to do Iron Guard, but their last cohort was the one where I wanted to do it. And that's like the one where they kind of stopped existing at some point. I really don't know why they shut down, but kind of kind of wish it would have kept going. Uh, I know in your region, they have Sun Coast Developers, Vincent. Mm-hmm. And then there's also another one. I don't even know if it still exists, General Assembly, but I know there's many more as well. So there's national and local ones and also collegiate coding boot camps, essentially. And they all have their different flavor, how they teach I personally like the local developer boot camps just because you get a more fine-tuned experience with like the actual area and what they hire for. But it does vary a lot in terms of quality and content, depending on like which boot camp you're going to. Um, but if you go to a national one, you generally have like it's very standardized across the board. There's always help and assistance you need along the way. There's tutoring, there's guidance in case you get stuck on something. So yeah, so you covered more about like the popular coding boot camps and different types that are out there. So what about like a general curriculum path for like a Merge stack developer, someone that wants to be familiar with MongoDB, Express, React, and Node? What is like the curriculum path like for someone that just has no experience whatsoever and they're when they become a coder, they're probably switching careers from, you know, a, a different a different lifestyle and they want to become a programmer. Like what what is like the curriculum like? Yeah, so that's kind of depends. So basically when you first come into the boot camp, can I give you like a breakdown of like a week by week, day by day thing? So the first thing you'll do is obviously you'll come in and um like the first week, it's just basically kind of set up, maybe getting into Well, it depends on which one you do. I'll speak from the the full full time experience, which is a little bit faster. So the first week, uh, come in, set up your machine, make sure that you have everything installed, everything installed that you need, like your your code editor or ID if you want to use that. Make mm-hmm. sure that you kind of know your way around the terminal because you'll be using that a lot. It's really important. And then start learning about Git, getting familiar with version control and working mm-hmm. with that as well. And then you kind of just straightly jumped into the first like week of, and what, all, all I just mentioned setting up, learning, getting all that stuff, and that's like on the first day. On the second day, you straightly jumped in, jump into CSS and uh, HTML, just kind of like learning how to give structure to your websites uh, mm-hmm. or web apps. And basically, in the beginning, it's just static. You're just making static websites, right? So. And that same week, you'll have like a little project due where you're making your own personal portfolio, which is pure CSS and HTML. And then the goal is by that Monday, you're going to have that deployed to GitHub pages, which is a way to just deploy static websites real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're moving, you're moving pretty fast. By the end of the first week, you'll have like something. If, if you haven't played around with before with any development, at the end of the first week, you'll have like something online that you made, which is pretty cool for, for some people. And then you kind of just jump in jump into the basics of javascript you'll learn how to like just your basic loops like the basics of the language really and you kind of like learn a little bit about the web a- web apis you can use which i refer to web apis as the dom so interacting with the with the basically interacting with html as well as how to kind of start learning how to make um http calls out to other services but then at least for us, and keep in mind it was two years ago, I feel like a lot of things have changed. Still went ahead and we learned jQuery, which simplifies, well, not really anymore, but at some point in its time, it simplified interacting with the DOM or with the document itself or the, with the page itself. And you'll kind of draw this whole thing, you're constantly making projects. So you learn something, you're building a project with it that same week. So for the jQuery one, I know I know our little project for that week was building the Pokemon game. Like, uh, mm-hmm. if, I don't know if you ever used oh, the Pokemon yeah, yeah. API. Yeah, so it was like a little like I've I've seen products that use it though. (laughs) Yeah, so it was like a little game, like a like a like a fighting game. Like you'll pull on the Pokemon, you kind of get I made it where you get stats. Here's your HP. Here's your here's your different skills that you have. You can you can attack. You can do like a shock attack. You can harden. I don't know. It doesn't matter. And then you're trying to get to like you're trying to beat the opponent 
based on like the different attacks you're doing. All right. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty fun little game. And then after that, you kind of move on to like others. You kind of like jump into other stuff, right? So you'll kind of jump into and it's kind of dependent a little bit on the instructor you have. We kind of went straight into Node afterwards and kind of learning how to how to set up Express and mm-hmm. how to like interact with stuff around this time period, which is basically like maybe like the third week. So again. It goes fast. <laughs> yeah, that, that is like really journey. fast. I mean, you already covered like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, already like built like a little small portfolio website, learn how to use jQuery, learn how to like set up your terminal, use Git, <laughs> push it to GitHub pages, deploy it in the web, make it public. And that's all within like two, three weeks. And like, that's a lot, <laughs> especially just Yeah, you're, like, you're going fast. Time. You're going fast. Yeah, you're going like really, really fast, just like straight up. <laughs> That's the reason. Even if you're going to a bootcamp, I'll take the I'll take the best the best one that the best advice I've heard from that one. I don't know if you know uh, Dylan Israel, the guy from Coding Tutorials three sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, actually, you he met, lives, we met you, we he lives met in him Orlando. Oh, he lives in he lives in Florida. I don't remember. He, he lives, lives like, yeah. Like, he lives he lives in Tampa, bro. He lives probably like thirty minutes from you. Oh yeah, yeah. He does live <laughs> in Tampa. I've actually met him in, in one of the Tampa meetups. Still live in Tampa now. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I, I met him with I met him with you during uh last death fest we had in person, which was fun. Oh don't that was a YouTuber. Sorry, got got sidetracked. That's, that's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh <laughs> completely sidetracked. But best advice here is if you're actually going to a boot camp, yeah, at least have to spend at least the first the first the the six months leading up to the start of the boot camp actually studying on your own. So you're not walking in there blind because you're moving fast. Uh, you oh, at really? least have to have some background. Yeah. That's one of the things he said. Um, he says on one of his, uh, or he said a bunch of times in a lot of his streams is basically like you got to put in some previous work. And even before you take the boot camp, there's like pre-course work you have to do. So mm-hmm. you're not walking in blind because if like if you take someone like completely like fresh out of the street and just drill them in the boot camp, I don't. They're obviously not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna right. be successful. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna get your money's worth out of that. So um, you need a little bit of foundation to build off of to like hit it off running really quickly. Yes. What does that foundation like that pre stuff look like? Oh, so that pre stuff is gonna be like basically like kind of setting up your computer, learning about te- text editors. It, it can be some of them. It's kind of silly. It's like learning how to like making sure you can type at a decent speed. I know some people that are like jumping in from other careers where you don't interact with a keyboard all day. Your typing speed might not be uh, anywhere near good. decent. You might just be like hunting and pecking, which is it's not bad because when you're coding, you're sometimes not really typing fast. I mean. To be honest, I just hit up. I just normally hit the key that I want, and I just tap to auto complete at this point in my life. Um, That's but, interesting. That's interesting because like some people don't know how to touch type, which is like you don't look at your keyboard when you're typing. And yeah. I just always like I played video games growing up my entire life, so it's like <laughs> touch typing is like something I just had to learn to like play competitively in StarCraft or whatever games I played back in the day. And yeah, it's just something I took for granted. It's like some people don't have that, so I guess that makes sense that you have to actually like onboard them through that process. Yeah, because keep in mind, most of these bootcamps are taking people from any walk of life, so you have to make sure you're not going to throw them in there until like to basically just die. So yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah. there's some precursor work. So you're kind you're, you're kind of really learning CSS and HTML before that. You're kind of getting like quick intros to it. Uh, obviously, on your own, you should go and learn more than just those intros before you jump into the bootcamp. That way, when you get to the bootcamp, you already have knowledge you can kind of like but you know you have gaps and then you can use the bootcamp constructively to fill in those gaps quickly 
Mm-hmm. So that, that would be the that would be the best case scenario, right? But anyways, so yeah, we learned we learned Mongo. Uh, we learned kind of set up like Mongo and stuff. Around this time, you're kind of doing like you're, you're starting work on your first group project. Because a good part, a big part of learning how to be a developer is learning how to work with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not always gonna work solo. Uh, sometimes you will. Sometimes you won't. It depends. It, it honestly depends what you want to do. In, at the end of the day, but uh, you'll kind of like work on your first team project. Ours was a. Um, an app called Let's Do Lunch, which is basically an app that takes uh, your location and mm-hmm. then calls out calls the Google Places Google Places API and stuff, looks for restaurants around you, and then builds up a list and sends it to however many friends you want and waits for everyone to finish voting, and then it tells you the results of that thing. Uh, so it seems pretty advanced. So yeah, go ahead. Did everyone do the same project at the coding bootcamp for like the, the Node.js, like working together, like? That's the build lunch app. Is that like a common app that everyone builds, or do you get to pick your own app that you? You pick your own idea. So you you'll you'll pick a team and you kind of pick your own idea. Thing about it is, we started that project before we actually started covering Node.js. What happened for me was I was working with this other other guy, and we're like, we want to make this app. We realized we need a backend. We don't really know how to do it because we don't have a backend. So I literally spent a whole weekend learning Node and Express. Mm-hmm. I made this horrible, horrible code base where everything is like tied together. It calls Firebase, like you need Firebase to do some stuff. So it actually stores data in Firebase, and it's a mess. Like it's a horrible, horrible mess of a of a code base. But I made a backend, and then the front end was just jQuery. <laughs> so you I mean, had like that's this, how you do it though when you're starting out. Yeah, it just, it's it's beginning good. <laughs> It was this garbled mess. Like it's most of the code and so jQuery scripts, I know how familiar you are with them. It, mm-hmm. A lot of it is very like procedural. So like a lot right. of the code would work, but if you moved one line before one other line, it would break. So you had to be like, oh, right, right. <laughs> so you didn't have like separate functions for like this function only handles this little part and this function handles this little component, right? You just had like no bro, it was, it was one we file. Had, we had we had a thousand <laughs> line function that just had everything in there and it was just all iterative, like after you do this, go do this, and then just go forward from there. Yeah, it was just one giant file. Uh, so yeah, that was our first project, and you kind of jump in. We actually learned Node.js, uh, Mongo, and we actually went about how, how to deploy to Heroku. Mm-hmm. So that way you can actually interact with it. Obviously, the free version of Heroku. Around this time is when a lot of people started learning about what a course error is and how painfully annoying they are. So at this point, you're still learning. You're still you're still using everything you learned before. It's not like you completely moved to a new concept. You're building up, right? You'll learn that stuff, then you'll kind of work on your other project, which for us was an app called Woofer, which was like Uber, but for dogs, so you can rent mm-hmm. a dog. So we built out, at that point, you're kind of like, mostly, you're still like having structured learning, but you're kind of learning on your own. At this point, you're kind of learning more about like different web APIs. You're learning about how to interact with APIs, obviously like HTTP APIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're learning you're learning a little bit of computer science, like very light stuff, how to like, how to, you, you won't really go like super deep into algorithms where you kind of like learn the basics of like like um, data structures runtime notation they, you'll learn data structures like arrays, you, you won't go, objects and yeah. primitives you're not going super deep into them but you should at least get the knowledge of knowing that if you're putting a loop inside a loop you're probably doing something wrong <laughs> like you kind of <laughs> like you kind of learned you kind of learn you learn the notation and you learn the meaning behind it obviously you're not going to go like in in implement your own full sort i mean in some of the classes we actually did that we had to implement different sorting algorithms but hmm. at the end of the day most of the time if you're doing front end you're just using the built-in library sort. 
or, or a library. So yeah, oh, you're also learning about NPM at this time. You kind of learn about NPM when you start using Node, obviously, and how to build that stuff. And around this time, you started learning a front-end framework. Uh, so you kind of move away from jQuery and you, we started learning React and all that stuff. I was always a bit of a rebel. So the second project we built, I didn't use React. I ended up using Vue.js and I kind of forced everyone to learn Vue.js with <laughs> over the course of another weekend. So we, we used Vue.js and Node and we, we made the app. It was it was decent for like the one week we had. How far in the course are we now that like, like if you're in a full-time bootcamp, like when did you start learning React? Uh, we're probably talking about week seven. Week seven, so two months enough almost, okay. Yeah, so like we're almost done at this. We're kind of like getting close to being, wait, three months, right? So 12 weeks. Okay, so yeah, we're kind of like it, like past the midway point. So React, we started learning React. Obviously you're still working on projects and we start getting a little bit more around this time period into more of transitioning into what you're going to need to be able to get a job. So doing mock interviews with each other while still building up on our skills. And then at this point, you're mostly working on your own personal projects for like your capstone project, which you, which mm-hmm. you get like three weeks to build. So basically what you what, by the time you get to week nine, you're only working completely on the last project, which can either be a group project or it can be a solo project. What was your what was your group project on? My final project was actually a solo project. It ended up being an app for like it basically ended up being a meetup clone. It was called Eventler, mm-hmm. uh, which I built with React and Node and then Mongo, and it was like a way to manage events. It actually gets far enough to actually like send like send people notifications of how many people like you could tell how many people could be at the event. It would send notifications the day before the event. Like you can set up like different like time frames. It would actually text people. It, it was pretty advanced. I don't know how I actually looking back at it, I pulled it off pretty nice. And I don't think I've ever written React code that was that clean afterwards. Not my React <laughs> is like my React stuff is like, you know what? Uh, oh, I was because back then I was really into the whole remember the concept of having like dumb components and containers uh, in React. That was a thing at right. some point. Uh, before components. we started just Using yeah, hooks. before we started just like chucking everything into hooks. React has changed a lot the way you write it, <laughs> uh, or at least the mentality behind it. But yeah, and then at that point, you kind of like get ready for your final project. Then you have a demo day, which now I know they do online, obviously, because of COVID. Back in the day, you used to actually go to a place and you would have a bunch of people coming and looking at your project, a bunch of recruiters, a bunch of people from mm-hmm. companies. And you get to interact with a, a couple people. Some people got job offers. Uh, I didn't. Sadly, but because it, <laughs> yeah, it was in, in well, since we're in Orlando, it used to be in the um, exchange building, which is where it used to be Canvas back in the day. But now it's Starter Studio was, and then on the third floor you have uh, Power DMS. The one student that got got a, a job offer was from Power DMS because they liked her project, which is a, a really good design project. Yeah. Oh, actually, I think they used to have it. I believe in the library. At a certain point, they moved away from that Starter Studio location in Orlando and went to like the, the main library and presented the projects there for the boot, for the for the coded bootcamp day, or demo days. I used to go to them all yeah, the time. I, was, I went to a couple of them. It just kind of feels bad. Like I'm like I'm not actually recruiting, so I can't I don't want to take up people's time. <laughs> well I go there just to like you know it's funny like every time I go to a coding bootcamp demo day, like I feel like I learned so much even though like so the thing is like everyone's always working on like a specific framework or stack and like working on like really like interesting like things in their project like there might be like a civic css trick that i've never seen before and like someone actually built it into their project there might be like a specific thing like working with forms that i just was not familiar with because i haven't really worked with forms a lot like how to actually 
compose that data from the back end to the front end, or even work with PDFs, like like little things like that, like I that I didn't traditionally pick up, and like more of like a self learning path. Like it was interesting to go to coding bootcamp days and like someone who had no conceptual understanding from the beginning and now has a conceptual understanding of it could explain it very well because they explain it from a beginner mindset with like no notions of like anything else you should know. That's why I always went to. And there's bootcamp. always some good, really good project ideas. Yeah, and there's always some really good like coding like project ideas. There was this one coding bootcamp demo day that I went to, and he was actually one of our guests in the our first guest in the previous episode, or like one of the other episodes, John Sickles. Oh, John Sickles. I went to his coding bootcamp demo day. I forgot like which cohort it was or or which number it was, but I remember like his project being like so much more interesting than everyone else's project because he built a portfolio like project, and the premise of this project was it was like a online arcade like you know you go to an arcade machine or you go to like a arcade and there's like a bunch of arcade machines everywhere and you're playing like galaga you're playing like the original i don't even know i can't even remember off like names offhand like the original old school games right and instead of having like like those games he had like tic-tac-toe he had one for like like the like the like the flashcards of matching together like two two different pairs together and then like solving that there was like a solitaire app on there as well and it was like, all in this like nice interface so it was like one big project, but it was like many projects in between, and they were just all in different models. So I thought that was really cool. That's just one example of like one of the cool projects I saw. There was another project where someone like integrated like their webcam and they took a picture, like you could take a picture of yourself and then like it would like put like a background photo studio on there and it would actually have like a special like CSS effect where like it would like light the screen, like almost like as if you're like in the photography studio. And then there was like a camera, like SVG, like layer on top. So it looks like it, it was really cool. It was like it was like your own like online photo photography booth. That was another cool project. Oh, someone also made a a, a visual novel. I don't know if you know what a visual novel is. It's like it's more of like a Japanese thing, where like you're 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 going through a story and you have different dialogue options, and those dialogue options have more dialogue options, and the story progresses a different way. So someone wrote a whole video game. <laughs> using React and like had a special data store for it. It was actually really cool. But those are just some examples. Do you want to talk about what other opportunities are there with, with the bootcamp like afterward? Like after you finish the bootcamp, like what, what do you do from there? Like you're, you finished a three-month program, you finished a six-month part-time. What was your experience like afterward? And you'll get help in this case from teachers and tutors. Sometimes the teachers are well known around the community and they can help you like they can help you like network with people. Remember a big a big component of going to like an in-person boot camp is the networking. That's basically at the end of the day what gets you a job. I mean your skills obviously, but also networking. They'll go ahead and kinda of like maybe connect you with people. Some boot camps offer like career departments where they'll go ahead and like review your resume, review your like online presence and to make sure it's good, make sure it looks good. Sadly Sometimes the career services tend to favor people that have like previous like uh, degrees because mm-hmm. uh, obviously it's, a lot of companies are are east just as soon as they see like a uh, bachelor's it's like it's like it's an HR filter sometimes people talk about right at least for me I didn't finish my degree so obviously I I was in a bit of a downside when it came to using career services uh, they're still helpful they'll still go ahead and kind of like uh, 
helping try their best to connect you with people as well as reviewing your resume and like reviewing cover letters for you. Mm-hmm. So you have that. But afterwards, after finishing, obviously you want to network like crazy. Go to go to meetups. If those ever become a thing again, go to in person meetups. <laughs> um, and like just talk, just talk to people. Usually, uh, usually sometimes people that attend the bootcamp come from like different places and they'll kind of move back home. Sometimes they'll stay around and you kind of like still like hang out as a little group. And from there, you're obviously still learning on your. Uh, you're still like learning either together. You can start learning on your own. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Some people do the boot camp until it's kind of like, okay, I'm done. Cool. Gonna go get a job. Bye. And then they'll never like really like, keep studying or like keep working on anything. And that kind of mm-hmm. shoots them in the foot. But a lot of people like will still continuously build stuff and still network. And obviously using the resources that you kind of like uh, got from the boot camp, such as the career services. All right, right. That makes sense. And also like, what I've noticed with a lot of people from Orlando that were in the same boot camp or the same cohort, they became really good friends afterward too, just because they've went through that same experience. So there's also that as well. In addition to that, like like for the boot camp and, and, and for the collegiate level boot camps, if you do like a really good job through the course, sometimes they actually offer you the opportunity to actually tutor for the next cohort, which I actually did do some tutoring for for that for that group. And it was actually a pretty cool experience. Like I didn't go through the boot camp, but they were actually looking for tutors. So just another thing to note. Is there anything else we didn't cover when it comes to for boot camps? Uh, no, I mean, there is, like just to recap on like the specific boot camp experience. First of all, you want to make sure you do the pre-work or like like the months leading up to the boot camp. You're actually like putting in the work to like build up foundations. That way, you kind of have an idea, you you need to have an idea of what's going on once you hit the boot camp, and then you use the boot camp to fill in those knowledge gaps. Uh, mm-hmm. You might have, obviously, you're going to be learning different technologies. And maybe at the end of the day, the technologies you're learning are not super important. It's just getting used to learning those technologies. It's getting used to the constant pace of learning different technologies. Like, I'm not going to say when you get a job, it's on a day-to-day basis, but oftentimes you'll, once you get an actual job, you'll be learning different technologies, sometimes within the span of a week or two to get a task done. So it's getting used to that learning experience and... Obviously, do, you'll be doing the projects, learning as you build, obviously, learning how to Google and stuff and Google yourself out of messes. And then obviously you feel you get to your final project. You will have demo day where you get to like network with recruiters and people looking to hire. And then you have career services, which will help you review all your like your online presence, your resumes, your cover letters. And so hopefully help you connect. And after you're done, still keep learning, still keep networking so you can find an opportunity there. Yeah, that makes sense. And also another thing to know is a coding bootcamp doesn't guarantee you a job placement. Like you still have to go through the grind of applying like applying to like hundreds of companies and still standing out among the crowd and you still have to put in the work and, and, and effort necessary, right? <laughs> You're your head doing right. Yeah, we but, forgot uh, to cover something. Cover there is some boot camps that have an income share agreement, which they will help you get a job, and then you have to give them part of that money. We didn't really cover the, that type of uh, that type of deal. I know the most most popular there is Lambda. Obviously, you'll go to the boot camp. I think now that they have an interest, the fact is that you don't pay them until you get a job. Some boot camps you you have to shell out the money up front, right? Mm-hmm. I know some other ones have what's called an income share agreement, which basically this is X price for the boot camp. But you're not going to pay it out of your pocket. You'll get a job. And then once you get a job, we'll take some of the money you're making from that job to pay back, to pay us back. I'll leave that one up. I'll leave that one as an exercise to the reader to figure out if that's good for them or not. Right. Although I heard Lambda School is really good starting out for the first cohorts, but it's 
you'd have to do your research on what it is like right now, especially if, if you're listening to it, it, it might've changed in terms of quality or content since, uh, since the recording that we're actually recording at. So definitely do your due diligence. And also just like your overall experience, if you had to go back in time and decide like, Hey, do I, should I shot like, I don't know, I think it's like $10,000 for a coding bootcamp or even 15,000. That's like to my understanding, what a traditional coding bootcamp costs, would, would you have like shelled out that money for, for, for that experience that you got from the coding bootcamp? Did you think it was financially worth it? Did you think you got a lot of value out of it? Uh, what is your overall consensus in your mind? And this, this is just your personal opinion, and everyone has a different opinion on their own coding bootcamp experiences, and it's not necessarily like a one-all be-all, if that makes sense. So for me, even though I know we're, we're about to jump into the section about self-learning bootcamps, I, I want to preface this with the fact that self-learning happens whether you take a bootcamp, whether you go the degree route, whether you go self-learning, you're going to self-learn all the time. It's, it's part of it. It doesn't matter. For me, the bootcamp was worth it just for the aspect of, hey, you have now structured time where you're going to be doing this stuff. Because I know sometimes it's hard to do stuff for yourself. So if you're just kind of studying on your own, it's easy to be like, oh, I'll get to the next day. And it's also easy to get stuck in tutorial hell. So for me, it was worth it in the sense of like, hey, you have this structure to follow. And it also was worth it for me to like be surrounded with people that are also learning, right? Sometimes when you're on your own, I don't know, depends on obviously your your environment. It might be conductive a little bit easier for you to like get into it if you're surrounded by people that want to do the same thing as you. So like the motivational aspect, everyone else is working really hard. It's like going to the gym. It's like you see everyone else working out. It's like, well... Dang, I should probably work out too and like really push myself to do as much as I can this PR or this this rep, right? And it feels like it's the same concept when you see everyone just like coding and like challenging themselves every day to like really push themselves to the next limit and get that coding capstone project done. And then when you actually have like a deadline and like your instructor is actually like telling you, hey, like what's the progress? What have you have you made any changes? Are you stuck on anything? And getting that like direct assistance is definitely like very beneficial either through the instructor themselves or through your your teammate or through a tutor. That's usually part of the 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 coding bootcamp experience. I could definitely see that being really rewarding for someone that like like started off with like or, or just is coming from a different industry and doesn't have like necessarily the pre preconceptual notions of like what coding is like, what program is like, or how to how to go about solving it, or how to about go about debugging an issue. Right? There's a lot of exposure to like different technologies, different frameworks, and different tools, and it definitely does streamline the process of you becoming an actual programmer for sure. In my mind, I mean, even though I haven't done a coding bootcamp, and I've, I've just seen people that have gone through, it and they've people have generally speaking, in my mind, like a a good experience from it. It, it just depends on the bootcamp, though. But I've heard some people have poor experiences from different bootcamps, so definitely do your due diligence and research. But the only thing is, like, the cost of investment can be kind of high unless you're doing, like, the offset where it's, like, you have a contractual agreement where until you get a job, and then you pay, like, a certain percent of, like, your income to to the bootcamp. Or you could just pay up front and just here's everything you get, and that's it. Yeah, so one last thing I would like to add just before we, we move on to the other section is don't expect a lot of times people that when they have a bad experience with a boot camp is when they expect that they did the boot camp and like out of due to some sort of magic, now they have a job. The boot camp is not in charge, well, unless you depends on the agreement, but on, at the end of the day, the boot camp is not going to get you the job like automatically. So if you if you end up doing a boot camp, just don't go in with the expectation that I got a piece of paper, I can go get a job because that's not going to happen. Yeah, actually, I was actually on a board meeting with the local boot camp in town, actually, just like two days ago, which is like, um, it's with Suncoast Developers. And 
they're actually talking about like the different students that they have going through the boot camp and like and and some some students are just like unicorns where they just like you give them a task and they just figure out how to do everything themselves and they build out this wonderful capstone project and they tutor everyone else and 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 everything everything goes goes swellingly right but some people definitely do need more help along the way and people that generally have the intrinsic motivation to actually want to become a programmer not for the sake of like the money aspect for the actual aspect of like actually liking solving problems and actually like building things from scratch and showcasing it to the public and like actually taking pride in their work in my mind generally do much better in their career down the road and this is this is something that's been echoed through like the other people that have gone through boot camps and and their experiences and other students that they met and as well as like actual instructors and actual campus directors at boot camps that i've talked to yeah, so German, do you want to move on to the self-learning path instead, which is like the complete 180 of this, where it's like you don't go through coding bootcamp and you're just like, I've only got $50 to spend and I want to get the whole bootcamp experience. How do I get that? Yes, so I'm going to let you take that one away, man, because I know that's the path you took specifically. Yeah, so so for me, I didn't, I did debate about, I, I debated on going to coding bootcamp, but I didn't have like, the correct financial means or the correct like schedule means to actually go and do it. So I decided to go on a self-learning path instead where I just decided, Hey, what is the coding bootcamp experience like? And then this is like, I literally knew nothing about coding bootcamp. So I'd actually like, I'd actually go online and go like, what do people at coding bootcamps learn? And I actually went through like the curriculum to get an idea. And I would actually like figure out like, okay, this is what they do in week eight or week one through eight. Right. They learn, you're saying you're like, you learn basic HTML, CSS, JavaScript, jQuery, whatever. It's like, do I know that already? And then can I confidently like actually do that or do I have to actually learn it? And I'll actually go through that curriculum and like check mark all the things like, okay, th- this is like stuff I don't know. And I'd actually like make my own curriculum path. It's like, okay, let me, let me go through all the popular websites out there. And like, what are the popular websites out there for learning course material? I don't even know. <laughs> It, and then so I have to go like, I just went on Reddit and like Reddit recommended course material for learning programming <laughs> and learning React and Node.js or whatever. And I didn't even know like what the differences were. So it was like a lot of like studious like auditing of like the, the whole industry in general and just like poking up and like looking at different repos, and, like figuring out like what people recommended and everyone recommended something else. I was always so confused on what to actually learn. And I remember just like going on YouTube and just like looking for t- different instructors that I liked and different like course management materials for like studying up that material. So for instance, like I'll go on like lynda.com, went on Pluralsight, I went on Udemy, went on Egghead.io. And I, I'd actually had to like benchmark all these like different tools myself because I didn't know what I wanted in terms of which instructors I like or which platforms I like. It was a lot of that. And I also had to learn, I wanted to learn more about the computer science aspect as well. So I also went through like open source, like OSS, which is like open source computer science curriculum. I don't remember what it's called actually, where it like goes through like the computer science fundamentals, like all the courses you take. And I'm like, and I took both of those, like both of those, and like both of those like different sections, like the coding bootcamp and the computer science one. I kind of like merged my own little path in my head. And I decided to just take a bunch of random courses that I felt were relevant for getting a job. And like, I would do my own research and like, what do people actually hire for? And I was actually doing something for Code for Orlando where it actually I actually did physically push push in numbers and like what people actually hired for in the, in the Florida scene and like what jobs were the most popular, which ones paid the most. So like I actually did all that research myself too, and I never published it. But there's so so if, if you're going on the self-learning path, like it you have to like 
kind of audit a lot of stuff on your own. You have to see what you like, and what you don't like, but it definitely keeps you very much in the loop about what you can learn down the road. So to actually hit on like the main points that I actually went through, I started with like computer science fundamentals and I took a uh, Harvard CS 50, which is like, it introduces you like different algorithms, how to actually do sorting, the different types of sorting algorithms. So like merge sort, quick sort, and all these other ones. I don't remember. We talked about like big O notation, a little bit of foundational backend language uh, work when you actually have to like decode an image. I learned a lot about Git and Linux fundamentals. So there's that. Oh, and then after that, I did a free code camp in Odin Project. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Yeah. So actually, uh, before I did the bootcamp, I kind of went through the whole free coding bootcamp. Uh, free coding bootcamp. Free code camp. Free code camp. Sorry, free code. Yeah. Yeah, I found out. So it's like a um, little, like a like a website. It's basically like a bootcamp curriculum. Obviously, self-paced on your own. It kind of goes basically a breakdown of everything. Teaches you about HTML, CSS. I think they've added a lot more since I took it. Uh, they like it teaches you basic uh, JavaScript algorithms. There's a lot more to it now. I think there is. Uh, now they actually like teach you some stuff about design and stuff, but it's a really good thing to take. Even if you plan on doing a bootcamp, uh, you need to go through that and it'll kind of like build up those fundamentals that you're going to need to be successful. Oh yeah, for sure. You were saying something earlier about you had a funny story about something about a job. So yeah. So, uh, the previous job, when I first wanted to switch back to coding, this is like 2017. So I got, I used to work as, we used to work as a manager at the restaurant so one mm-hmm. thing that happened to me was I used to get so distracted, like learning how to code during work hours. Like literally, I was in the <laughs> office. Could have been helping out during the Russian stuff. I don't. That's that's just that's me. funny. I, <laughs> I, I don't, did, don't I did that too. <laughs> I did that too. I and um, the performance of this restaurant started kind of going down. I mean, it was my responsibility. <laughs> I almost got fired because of that, bro. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that's the reason I did the boot camp so I could quit my job and actually focus on one thing. <laughs> I was working for family, so I had an excuse to actually learn a lot of stuff. But okay, so back to the topic. So I was talking about the computer science fundamentals. That was like the first step I took. And then I started learning like the JavaScript, HTML, CSS side, which is like what you do in a traditional course curriculum path. So we were saying earlier, like free code camp is like this, this, it's literally, it's literally a free code camp. Like you, it's got like the entire structure of like everything you should learn as a, as a front end developer or back end developer, depending on what curriculum path you're taking. And it's a learn at your own pace. So you can like go through the course and there's like an online IDE, which is like your online editor, and you can actually like write code on there and you can like push enter and like see if it's actually the correct result that you expected. And that was very helpful in kind of cementing the foundations because you go through like a traditional video course or video uh, or, or through like a bootcamp instructor and, and like that stuff just goes through so quickly, you still have to cement the foundations. So I went through that. And I also, at the same time, took like a more traditional course covering like the basics of actual programming. And in this case, there's actually two that I took. One's through Colt Steele and his bootcamp online. And there's one called Watching Code, which is like an ex-Googler who kind of like covers the foundations of programming from the ground up. And you built like a to-do app, which is super common. But he goes through like how all the to-do, all, all the applications are out there are basically to do apps and how they kind of are all similar across the board. So you kind of see like mm-hmm. a lot of similarities between different software applications out there. And then I got to learn a little bit about like design patterns and like how to use MVC because we actually made like an MVC structure pattern like halfway through the course. And I didn't realize it until we actually made it. So it was really cool. Oh, yeah, and then Jeremy, you said something about Free Code Camp has a community aspect too via Gitter, which is like a Slack channel or it's like a communication channel. And they also have a forum as well. So I did that. And then that's when I 
the one I felt comfortable with the foundations, like like the HTML, CSS, JavaScript, jQuery, more of the front end stuff, and a little bit of the back end. I decided to just go full all in into the Mern stack. And this is when I took Brad Traverse's course on Udemy for Mern stack front to back. I believe you've taken that course too as well, German, right? If not mistaken. Yes, he's really good. So he has that one. I took that one and the modern JavaScript one from him. Right. So he's he's kind of an instructor that just gets straight to the point and doesn't necessarily cover everything you need to know or for some of his courses, like how everything works together, but just enough for you to just like see the big picture. Here's what a backend looks like. Here's what a front end looks like. Here's how they talk to each other. Here's how it stores in a database. And like that was enough for me to at least go forward in terms of like what an application actually looked like. And then when I got more familiar with with both the front and back end back end stack on like a shallow level, I decided to go a deep dive into React. And this is when I just went on Udemy and just like audited a bunch of courses and found the instructors I liked. I got to learn React, Redux, and then like hooks, right? And it took me like three or four courses to really get a hang of it. Like it, I didn't get it right away. It took me actually like three months to actually get React. And once I like really got that like heavily honed in and understood like the basic principles of what lifecycle components were and kind of the benefits of a single page application, which is what React is based off of, and why it's more performant on the front end uh, instead of like re-rendering different pages when you're going different like parts of the site. That's when I started like understanding how things, why, why it was like so beneficial to have. And then after that, uh, started going to hackathons. And we actually did an episode previously on this German, right? Our, I think it was our fifth episode where we had like a talk on all hackathons and we, we both competed in Tad Hacks. Yes, so like we did. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so we did Tad Hacks. I know you did a couple ones before that. I think you did, um, what was it the one, Space Coast? We did like a NASA app? Oh, NASA Space Apps. Yeah, I did that. And I don't think you were in that one. Were you in that one? I don't think so. No, my first ever hackathon was actually the one we did together at Tad Hacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was right. That was a really fun one. That That's in a previous episode, in case you want to watch it. I think it was like episode five. But yeah, so I started going to hackathons. I started competing in it because I just had enough base knowledge already to like really push forward to build an actual product. And I wanted to learn from more experienced developers for everything that I didn't get from a self-learning kind of traditional path. So I had like, I went to like, I think it was Techstars, which is like, a business-based hackathon where there's like the the winner of, of Techstars actually gets like investment from like an investment company to actually build a startup. We didn't win, unfortunately, but we got to build like a quiz app where like it was based off the premise of something called Synthasia, which is people have this certain ability to distinguish colors with certain emotions. That's how they like recognize, I guess, like or like how, how they remember certain things. Like, oh, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember going there. That that specific area was very blue. And this pencil was very orange. I don't know. It's like it's like a certain emotion that you feel from, from colors. So we built an application based off that. And it was like a quiz app where it would like pop up two different colors on the screen. And it was all animated as well. And like one color was a little bit different than the other by like a slight margin. And then afterward, it'll pop up another question that says, which color popped up previously? Oh, no, sorry, which color popped up previously? And it'll show two options. So originally it'll show up one color, and it'll show up a question, and it'll show up two colors, and you have to pick which one matched. And that's like the first thing we built. I learned a lot about React there. And then I started going through something called Chingu Cohorts, which we'll put in the link in the description. It's basically where you get together with a bunch of other self-learning developers 
and it's international and you enroll in this program. It's totally free. It's all nonprofit. And you get together with these developers and you build a project together, right? In this case, we actually worked on two different projects. One was like building a Trello clone. Another was building like a, a quiz knowledge base with like a more senior team. So I got to learn about Docker. I got to learn about Swagger Docs. I got to learn about a little bit AWS behind the scenes. And on the other side, I got to also learn about just working with Git foundations, right? Then afterward, we started going to like the tech community space together, right? And then that's where we first met. I think we had this discussion before. I don't remember which which meeting we met at, actually. It was one of the Orlando JS meetups, though. Yes. Even though right now we have like full history of Slack, so we <laughs> could figure it out. Because <laughs> I don't remember, man. It was like two, it was like two oh, years the ago. The first time I messaged you, it was two years ago. It was February of 2018, I want to say. Yeah. And I had just recorded a talk from one of the founders of like our dev community space and he was leaving to Nashville. I, I did like a recording and then like you did like a brief introduction and like saying your farewells. And then like I needed some more contextual information for like the post video editing. So I just messaged you and said like, hey, can you write like a, a short description by yourself so I can put in the video? And then that's when we start like having this conversation together. Then we went to our first hackathon. And that's when we really kicked it off. That that brings me to the next segment. Like or around this time where I felt comfortable with working with other people, I started going to tech meetups. There was like a joke that I was called Mr. Meetup because I went to a tech meetup every day. <laughs> I went to, I think it was between you and Dwayne. It was between me and Dwayne, which is another one of our friends. And I, I went to 30 different tech groups in Orlando. I went to everything but the iOS and Android meetups. <laughs> and I got to just I just absorbed a bunch of information about a lot of different random topics, some related to like Windows PowerShell, some related to AWS, some related to DevOps, like a lot of stuff that I didn't even know about. And I actually did a lot of stuff on IoT as well, like how to do reverse engineering, how to reverse engineer APIs, how to do security audits. So it was a little bit of everything. And I just got more familiar with like different terminologies and jargon out there. And I started listening to like different podcasts. My friend Joe Zach, he runs one called Coding Blocks, which is like more computer science based and more backend based. So it kind of hit on a lot of like more foundational knowledge about what it's like to become a more experienced developer. So I just picked up like different cues and different tips from all these other more experienced people. And that's when I started doing lightning talks, started going and talking at different meetups and then eventually to conferences. And then when I, when I did all of that, that's when I started applying to jobs. So that was kind of me. And then I had a capstone project, which is like kind of based on the tutorial that I wrote, but then I had a bunch of hackathon apps that I made. And that's like my progression in terms of self-learning. And actually I wrote a blog post on kind of what I felt would is like the most efficient path for self-learning. And I wrote that on Dev2 and I'll link that in the description below. I got reposted a few times for a few, few different mail, mailing newsletters, but, but yeah. That's that's me. So just to reiterate, I did computers. And you were probably ready to apply for jobs way before you start. We actually did. Yeah, I I I came in at, at a mid level, I would say, just because I already, I, I just I just wanted to be really comfortable on my own to like learn how to do everything myself, and I didn't have too much assistance early on or any mentorship, so I just had to learn how to Stack Overflow things. And how to how to actually properly freeze and ask questions on Stack Overflow without getting it marked as duplicate and closed, or without mark or without someone like just putting negative you know negative points on it and then it never sees a day of light. <laughs> so it was a lot of that. It was a lot of like figuring out how do I ask a question online, how do I get help online, 
I remember I wasn't part of any Slack channels for communication, so it didn't have any mentorship whatsoever. I started like reaching out to instructors on the platforms that I was like actually working towards and asking them questions. And it'll take like three days to get a response. Then I started actually using something called Hack Hands, which is like you pay for a service and like they'll help you debug the problem with you with it like literally in front of you. Like they'll share the screen and they'll show you like how it's actually done. So that's how I learned a lot of debugging. And I just put a little bit of money into that. They got a card by Pluralsight though, but I did that. I also learned to like spam different Reddit forums really quickly so I can like spam the number of questions I had so I could get multiple channels to, to potentially answer the question that I was having. So it was like a lot of like weird different things that I had to set up behind the scenes to like figure out how to get answers to someone without actually like having someone mentor me. So it was like, how can I get someone else to mentor me indirectly? <laughs> That's what I spent a lot of my time doing when I was learning my own time. And it was challenging because I had to have systems set up for this and I had to figure out like, oh, did I get a response on Reddit or did I get a response on Stack Overflow? And is this the correct response? I don't even know this person. Like, I don't know the context of what they're talking about. Like, are they actual experienced developers? And I'll have to like kind of feel it out depending on like how they wrote the answer. So it was definitely a lot of struggles, but I feel like I'd be, I've become a much better developer because I went through those struggles. So. Uh, oh, so to re- reiterate the whole self-learning path, uh, computer science fundamentals, then free code camp slash fundamentals on like JavaScript. Then I did like a merge stack course to cover the entire spectrum really quickly. Then I deep dove into React. Then I did hackathons and Chiku cohorts, which is like the thing for like working together with teams. And then I just went and became part of the tech community space and just made my capstone project. So that's the self-learning path. And then it, it kind of mimics the, the, the coding bootcamp curriculum in some senses. Definitely. So do you have anything else to add on to that, German? Like, cause I know you did a lot of self-learning as well, like outside of the bootcamp. Well, you said you did free code camp, right? Did you also, and you did hackathons as we compete in the same hackathon together. Did you also do other things within that same sector? Because you still had to like, after the coding bootcamp, you were kind of left on your own. You kind of had to figure out like how to apply to jobs and how to like actually learn a lot of this stuff on your own as well, right? For me, the the funny part was I actually ended up getting a job like seven days after the boot camp. So I didn't really have to like wait for long. But before that, I actually did a lot of like, I did a lot of like free code camp, uh, which is like the first one that I learned. Thankfully, I did have a background like back in like my younger days or school days when I was in high school and middle school and stuff like that. I used to do a lot of programming. So that also helped. No, uh, so yeah, that, that helped a lot. So um, so I had a lot of like background going into it. Uh, I didn't go into it completely blind. Oddly enough, this is the funniest thing in my bootcamp cohort. We actually had like two people that were full-time enrolled in the uh, CS program for UCF, which is like, why are you here, dude? But that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that bad, though, because now he gets like the full spectrum. I mean, with a traditional computer science degree, right? They don't really cover the web portion, I feel like, until like near junior, senior year. They cover all the foundational stuff, like here's what a sorting algorithm is, here's how to work with things in C and Python, right? And then I think it traditionally just progresses from there into like more web development, like near the very end, like here's the actual skills you need to actually build something. I could be wrong because I've been a little bit out of the scene for like a bit, but that's my understanding of it. I can, yeah, I can see that. I think we, we covered everything, right, German? Yeah, we did. I mean, at the end of the day, it's... Did we cover everything? Yeah, we did. But like at the end of the day, it's like 
it's a it's kind of like the decision that you make is really gonna depend on you and like whatever your needs are at the moment you make the decision there's no like real best decision i know a lot of times especially like i know in our developer group like our community we'll kind of like pick fights about boot camps and self-learning and getting a cs degree <laughs> but at the end of the day like whatever choice you make it's still going to require self-learning it's still going to require effort still going to require being part of a community so like just that, that one's on you to the side really i definitely do think that a coding boot camp will expedite your career at the cost of you know a little bit of financial loss but <laughs> It'll, def- it'll definitely push your career a little bit faster in my mind, just because it gives you all the tools that you need and the stuff that you wouldn't have traditionally had to find on your own. As I remember, I just went through tutorial hell and, you know, I didn't have any mentorship and I was lost and I kind of like went on and off with programming just because I, it was just kind of like, I didn't see results right away. And, and then when I got stuck on a problem and I asked questions, sometimes I got no responses. So that kind of like, wasn't entirely helpful to me and then i had to pick it back up a few months later so it was a lot of like on and off with with, with that relationship i didn't have the right guidance i didn't have someone pushing me forward i had to motivate myself so i think in the community aspect of owning boot camps it's it's definitely worth it i mean if you can afford it and and you have the time investment i think i think they're worth it in my mind but again it's just you have to do your due diligence and your due research you could definitely have the whole experience for less than 50 bucks if you go the self-learning path that I did, but it's up to you. Yeah. Oh, and also whenever you buy a course on Udemy, make sure to get it at like a 10 to $15 cost per course because they're always having sales, usually on Black Friday or holidays or whatever. Yeah, never ever pay full price for a Udemy course. Like there's always a coupon. There is always a coupon. (laughs) Um, Oh, for sure. Do you think it's ready for dessert time? Drama? Yeah. I mean, now I'm just left wondering if anyone has actually paid full price for Udemy courses. I feel bad if someone has. Uh, but yeah. I feel like people have because, some, well, sometimes like there's a course and it's like, oh, they're not having any sales, but I need this course and my company might reimburse it. Then they'll pay for like 200 bucks for it. But Ouch. No, I'm $10, $15 all the way. Yeah. Nine dollars for Clear my cash, take out my cookies, make a new account. I have to pay like sixteen dollars for some courses now, but it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Also, yeah, you want to get to dessert time? Yes. Or do you want to cover what dessert time is for the audience? Uh, dessert time is where we get to rant about our personal lives, and it's kind of a little rant section. Nicely, it's actually more of like a little like blogging section for us, just to keep you guys updated on what we have going on around us, because we're humans, not machines. And plus, it, dessert is a nice way to finish off things. Although sometimes dessert is nice as the only meal. Anyways, <laughs> Vincent, you want to tell us about what's going on in your life? Yeah, so it's actually been a while since we recorded, so a lot of stuff has happened. But what I do want to cover is I recently adopted a cat. And this is this past weekend, so it's been about seven days since I've I've had him. And I named him Monty from like Monty Python, the Holy Grail. <laughs> and also Python, the programming language. So Monty... He's a very sweet, affectionate cat. He's like the first cat that I saw at the first animal shelter I went to. And I didn't adopt him right away. I was kind of like not sure what I wanted in a cat. And I, that was like the first shelter I went to. So I went to like five or six other shelters. But then I came back like two weeks later. I'm like, this cat was very affectionate. He was like the only cat I could actually pick up. He was super chill, super nice, a little bit older. So you didn't have to potty train him. And then I took him home with me. And 
I think no one adopted him because he had like a flesh wound and hence why I called him Monty because there's a there's a, there's an actual like quote from the movie it's like it's but a flesh wound so <laughs> that's why I named him Monty anyways I took him home he was very very like scared just like you know the entire process because he's like oh I'm being transported somewhere else and he was crying the entire time he's a very feminine male cat and when I took him back he just like hid under my couch I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to bother him. And I just put some food out, put a litter box, came around five hours later, and then we became best friends. So it was really cool. And he sometimes bothers me in the morning when he's like, there's no food. Can you feed me, daddy? <laughs> and I just wake up and feed him in the morning sometimes. But I have, like, I've never had a pet, or I've never had a cat growing up. My parents never let me. And so it's just been like a really awesome experience. Like have someone or have like something that's dependent on you. And like, you just feel love. But yeah, that's me. What about you, German? It is the end of the year. And I ended up in a situation where I have a bunch of projects and a bunch of work all due at the same time at the end of the year. So <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's not fun. Uh, and there's, I'm, I'm a little bit burned out. I'm looking forward to have like vacation next week uh, for like a whole, I'm, I'm off the last week of the year. So I know I still have to work during that week just because I have a lot of crap to do, but hopefully I can get some rest because I'm starting to burn out. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I just started a new job and I don't have my security. It's, it's like the government sector and I don't have my security clearances, so I can't even do a lot of work anyways. But, but yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like it's, it's always, it's always a tough time when you're suffering through burnout, especially when you're going through like having a huge amount of deadlines and like you have to work 12 hour weeks and everyone's expecting this to get done. You're just like, I don't have time. And like, I'm burnt out. I'm like, I need to go to sleep. And sometimes you just need to get a vacation and just forget about coding and just forget about Slack and forget about everything else. And it's like, oh, this is nice. This is what outside's like <laughs> outside of my desk, outside of my computer with family and with friends. Right. So, yeah, I definitely feel you. I've, I've, I've suffered through burnout a few times. And that's just when I just completely stopped doing any personal projects and stopped coding for a bit. I mean, it'll get, it's, it's temporary. It'll get better. And then at the end of the day, I, it was my decision to take on extra work and extra things here and there. So. Gotta suffer through it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're first, like, I remember when I first started programming, I would just take any sort of, like, freelancing gigs out there, and I will take, like, any sort of opportunities, even though it didn't necessarily pan out or pay anything. I'm just like, I need the experience really badly. I don't have any knowledge of how anything works, and there's a senior developer on the team that can learn from, so it's like, I just grinded through, like, sometimes two contracts at a time, and I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't, I can't maintain this anymore. <laughs> I like my personal time. Like having having the ability to like wake up and like having slept nine hours and just like having a nice day and just like having nothing planned for the weekend and just having me time. Definitely, those are nice. Today's yeah. a me day. <laughs> oh, All right, we'll be back there pretty uh, soon. Do you have anything else to add on before we? Uh, no, other than yeah, for sure. Especially now that New Year's coming out and and also Christmas holidays. Yes. So yeah. So that's boot camps, guys. Uh, we try not to make it like a lot of like a lot. I know a lot of the topics people cover with boot camps is boot camps versus something, this versus that, and yes, that would be a lot more clickbaity. But at the end of the day, there's nothing is like one thing versus another. Some things have its own bit. Like some things are have benefits depending on the situation. Some things don't. It's it's weird. Oh yeah, for sure. We wanted to give you both perspectives, and and German, you took the traditional boot camp path, and I took like the not the the non bootcamp path. So it's it's pretty cool to see both perspectives in terms of like if you were learning and you wanted to become a programmer right away, it, 
do you want to drop in like the 10, 15 grand to do it or however, whatever monetary plan that they have set up? Or do you want to start on your own at your own pace? It might take a little longer, but you will learn how to become a way better Googler <laughs> and a way better person for being able to stack overflowing things. Yeah, but you get a different set of experiences and they're not necessarily equated to the same thing. You definitely learn more on a collaborative level when you're at a boot camp versus on your own. But yeah, so it's 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 just it's just what you're looking for. There's no right or wrong answer. I still think coding boot camps will help you become a developer faster at the cost of additional finances. But this is personal opinion. All right, that's it. Uh, we'll we'll call it, we'll wrap it up, and we'll see you in the next one. Have a good week, guys. Thanks for dining with us on Code Chefs. We hope we satisfied your hunger. For show notes and more insider info on today's topic, visit our website at www.codechefs.dev. Plus, follow us on Twitter at CodeChefsDev. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and join us back here for the next one. Uh, Check, please.